Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin, where even in the face of violent insurrection, we are strict about our munkin. I am your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, I really love the insurrection reference. I'm not going to make the same reference yeah. as previous. Uh, like uh, episodes before, we uh, just missed <laughs> the recording. Uh, you know, I with- don't know what's going on. Yeah, uh, but so we recorded this the first like three minutes already. So we're just gonna skip all the pleasantries. Just know that we yeah. weren't rude. Um, yeah, and, and it uh, wasn't important yeah. either. So we're talking Mr. Monkos to Fashion Audio. Show. Um, so um, what did you think about this episode? Um, it was all right. Uh, it was like uh, there was like a lot of really interesting guest stars. Um, I can't wait till we refer to one of them because I know it's inevitably gonna lead to the fact that I don't like Thirty Rock. Uh, because of its theme music, um, but it has it has some some good stars and and some good set pieces, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, um, it was alright. I, I, yeah, it was I one like of those set- episodes. Yeah. It was one of those episodes that you've talked about before, where where like that you like a lot. It's the ones where like it physically can't be possible for this to like not have been the person, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean. But like yes, inevitably yes. I, we're gonna find that out. Yes, the thing that I don't I love episodes where the whole thing is like this person did it, but they definitely couldn't have done it. The thing I don't like about this is that this the solutions a complete cop out in my opinion. Um, shouts yeah, to Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. That reference I did make the last time we recorded, and it wow, was okay. Met, way to shoehorn that one. I'm sorry. I just you know I it once again. As I do a lot, love referencing Fuck. the titles of movies I, I have not seen. Anyway, the episode starts off, Monk's at a shirt store. Um, I'm just going to breeze through this because we talked about it already. He wants exactly the same shirt. And the salesman uh, doesn't want to just give him exactly the same shirt because, you know, um, he uh, is... That would be weird to just get the same shirt again. But he insists on getting the same shirt. And the salesman gets him a shirt that's exactly the same. But it's not it's not enough for Monk. It, it, it's defective for one reason. Yeah, there's like a tear in the back of it. Well, right? sorry. I, I, I misspoke. I shouldn't have said defective. The first one he gives him, he doesn't want it because it's inspected by inspector number six. And inspector number okay, six right. is, of course, a hack. And he wants inspector number eight. And what's the problem with that shirt? Uh, yeah, this shirt that's inspected by his favorite, Mamba, number eight, um, it has like a rip in the back. And like the sleeve is all wrong for some reason. Like... I get that, like, the sleeve might be an easy one to let go, but, like, a rip? Like, clearly this lady's yeah. going through something. Yeah, because he admires her work, and he's like, she's got to be going through some turmoil if, you know, if this is what it's come to, that she's messing up these shirts. Um, and so he's kind of catatonic, and we then cut to, I think, uh, the phrase on the nose is thrown out a lot. Um, where we see a factory where we see Inspector Number Eight re- literally reading a newspaper headline about like uh, <laughs> n- delivery boy convicted in murder of supermodel. How did you feel about uh, this? You know, uh, I'm not going to put any words in your mouth. What do you think about that device? Okay, okay. Now that I think about it, this was like a little bit of like sloppy like directing kind of like because like it starts off with what we see right the. Mm-hmm the him at the store Mm -hmm. then it cuts to this lady in the factory and then it cuts to like a completely different murder it's like what the fuck is going on i mean that i think is on purpose i think that i think the problem is that they cut to her in the factory i think that yes it's like completely out of nowhere yeah because i don't mind that they i actually like the scene with the unrelated murder because i think it's fun to see how little he cares about it given inspector number eight but like we don't actually i don't think we need to know 
that Inspector Number Eight is actually having problems until he goes to visit her. Like, I don't need to know that before the theme song, you know? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But and the thing is, I honestly kind of feel like that might have been a note that was, like, given by, like, the network that's, like, they're not going to know what this episode's about until for too long. Like, I mean, yeah, whatever. But it feels very ham-fisted and also, like, like I talk about a lot, one of those things where you don't realize how different TV was in, like, 2006 to now. Because now I can't imagine they would do that because it's so, like, audiences are not, you know, that dumb. Um, but anyway, uh, now this, we go to theme song and the first crime scene, which I like, I like this. I like whenever you get to see Monk just be like, you know, Sherlock Holmes in the BBC show Sherlock in which she just like flippantly solves crimes like nothing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause he's not, he's not interested in this because the man was murdered, obviously. Right. Yeah. Apparently it's, uh, two musicians and, uh, one of them's a cello player. I'm not sure what the other one was, but the lady's name was Mrs. Hammond. Um, I guess it really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't, but I appreciate you writing it down. Yeah. Um, and apparently they were married six months ago and like right in the middle of like all this like clues happening and, and then Disher like pipes in like, Hey, uh, Monk, they're taking away the body. You want to take a look at it? And he already has it down apparently. Well, yeah. Right? Cause he's, he's not concerned. He's like, he's just talking about Inspector number eight, you know, like I think she might be in trouble. And Natalie's like, what if she retired and it's a new Inspector number eight? And he's like, I could see number five retiring. Um, which right. I, I love, I just love how he has a because I love he has takes on, uh, on all the, and he's apparently been to three different stores and they've all been problems, but right. what is the, what's the break in the case for this case that Monk immediately just knows and, uh, solves? Oh, it's, uh, cause apparently she couldn't have been playing the cello with the skirt she was wearing? That's correct. No, that actually is true. Because if you, you put a cello in between your legs, you can't wear a long skirt and play the cello. You have to wear pants. Or you'd have to like, oh yeah. right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Or I don't, know if, I don't know if you. That's true. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I want to talk about. Uh, honestly, there. Uh, the thing that sucks about COVID is, at any other time, I could say that in some basement show in New York, someone is playing cello without pants on. Um, <laughs> like that's just a thing that you know is, is happening. Honestly, it's probably still happening even though COVID. Um, yeah, people are just doing it at home. Yeah, exactly. Practicing. No, I guess yes, but honestly, playing something without pants, playing an uh, instrument without pants at home is like fine i just i'm just saying that there definitely are people who do it that that's the act and like it's it's very they also probably do a lot of visual gags where like they use the instruments to cover up their genitals and like you keep thinking oh we're gonna see it oh no we're not anyway um you know all right so now they go to the factory um right. which you know, uh, I what don't... are the fucking odds, man? Do they inspect it when they get into this? Like, chances yeah. are the shit was made somewhere else, right? Yeah, that's what I was, what I was gonna say. Is there's no way that Monk, <laughs> the cheap man he is, is buying clothes like if you're buying like dress shirts that are manufactured in the USA. I'm not an economist, and they're around the prices right, but I guarantee you that they're out of Monk's price range. There's right. no way. Yeah, I was like, there's no chance that this shit is being made here. I can see it being inspected here, maybe, but definitely, but it's clearly also being made there. Which no, it wouldn't be. Right. Um, but I do, you know, I do like it's a factory. It just looks like a general factory, and this is where he's also he's given his rundown and all the inspectors. Um, it honestly sounds like Mel Kiper doing a draft board. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, then they meet Mambo Number Eight, and right. man, Monk is he's so he's he's honored. Yeah, he's like nervous right before it. Mm-hmm. And he's. This is not the first time that she's become aware of Adrian Monk, though, because what did he do to her previous for her previously? Uh, he wrote her like a fan letter, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just glowing about like how good of a job she's done, which you know, 
this is the man who has like a relationship with his like recyclers and uh, garbage men. So you know, mm-hmm. it's not too out of the ordinary. Yeah. No, um, and I love that she has a framed. You know that I think that says a lot about her that she didn't think that it was crazy. That it's a thankless job. It is a thankless job. Um, there, you know, a lot people say that about a lot of different things, but quite literally, I can't think of most many jobs that people thank more. I mean, thank less of the person who inspects your shirt. Um, so what about the people that work at the sanitation plant. I feel like they. You don't think you know? I would say that they they get thanked because the entire existence of the show Dirty Jobs existed to thank them, and there's no equivalent to. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Mike Rowe? Yeah, 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 that's true. I guess. You know Mike Rowe? You know what Mike Rowe is, uh, his original job was, right? Like what he's, he's uh, trained in? He was like super, or he's like a, either a murderer or nope, like a he's not super a rich guy. Nope, not even, neither of those things. He is a classically trained opera singer. Um, is really? Yeah, and he's very good. Um, uh, a bass, I believe, or baritone. Honestly, I don't know what the difference between bass and baritone is, and this is one of those situations don't write in, because I don't care. <laughs> Uh, what an a- what an a hole. Um, <laughs> sorry. No. Also, Ryan Dunn with the was he the one that got into the sewage plant? He jumped into the thing. Ryan Dunn, the jackass guy. Yeah. I'm not. I've never a jackass guy, so I don't know. Okay. I only know the rock guy. I I only know Ryan Dunn as the jackass guy who died. Like that's just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, let's be honest. Let's be. <laughs> oh my god. Um. And so Monk obviously recognizes that she's upset. And why is she upset? Uh, she's upset because apparently, uh, as we saw in her previous uh, appearance, that she uh, her 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 uh, her son well, apparently is wrongly accused of murdering uh, a model named Clea Clea Vance. Clea Vance. Clea, Clea Vance. Clea Vance. Um, and she she seems to be convinced that he's innocent and. We don't know anything about him yet, so we can't make that claim. But no. clearly, clearly, there's something there. Mm-hmm. And of course, Monk is. Want to talk about a holes? Monk is a true yeah. a hole. Real, and he's real like, a-hole. you might feel better if you focused on your job. on your work. Sorry, I was trying to hold in a yawn. Um, and he's noticing problems with all the shirts on the table. He's just being truly uh, a bad guy. Yeah. But, he starts. He yeah. starts it and ends it that way. Yeah, but Natalie, Natalie, thankfully is there, and yes. um, this is one of those situations too where I'm thankful Natalie's there, not Strona, because Strona would have been like angry at Monk, whereas Natalie is like knows how to play Monk. We're just like, no, we're gonna help her, aren't we? You know, I think that that's a better way to get Monk to do things than to uh, scold him. But yes, yeah, and it's really yeah. it's really to his benefit. I mean, if she, mm-hmm. the sooner like that this is all cleared up, the sooner she gets back to her A plus. Exactly, that's the thing about Monk. That's the thing about compulsions. He, he he's unable to comprehend that if he were to clear her son, that that would end up in the long run solving his problem with the shirts. But it's like, no, no. Why can't you just? Why can't you just never? Why, why can't you just do it? You know. Um, but yeah. He can't see the forest from the trees. That's correct. And he can't see the forest for the Whitaker. Um, oh. Anyway. Well, uh, that's not that bad in terms of what I've done. Um, <laughs> so they go to the prison to talk to Pablo. Um, and we learn that there is a there's an open and shut case. There were witnesses that said he stalked Clea Vance. 
that there, his DNA was all over just his blood and hair. Thankfully, Question, not the other stuff. In retrospect, okay. were there multiple witnesses or was it just one? I think it was just one who said he was a stalker, but there are multiple people who saw him in the building. So I think okay, it's just yeah. the one witness. Um, sure. But thank you for talking over my other comment. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and so they meet Pablo, and he seems like a good kid, you know. Um, but yeah but, oh, uh, my, my, my note on this is uh, for someone that can't read English he knows how to speak English yeah. really well my note my note on it is that he is really he's doing the thing that too many times when actors try to not be very fluent in English they like will occasionally just like do the thing where they don't know how to say a word in English but it's like the way you were pronouncing the last 10 words you said you know how to say that word in English. Like, full Hilaria Baldwin stuff. Where it's like, there's yeah. no way. Yes, yes. Like, Very there's topical. no way. Because it's like, they'll literally be like, um, I'm not going to put on an accent, but it'll be like, yes, and Thank then you. I went to and then I went to the store and I went to buy some, how do you say, eggs. It's like, you just formed a complete <laughs> sentence before then. You, come on. Like, if I'm, if I'm speaking Spanish on my, you know, haven't taken it since 10th grade in high school and barely remember how to construct sentences, I might say, like, how do you say, uh... Small desk. Just kidding. I know that that's poopy tray. I'll never forget that. But, uh, like, I don't speak Spanish. Is it really? I believe it's P-U-P-I-T-R-E, like a desk that you use in school. I'm 95% sure Pupitre? about that. Pupitre? Pupitre, yes. But, of course, poopy tray is the way I remembered it because it sounds like something you poop on. Um, wow, I've never, I'm, I've never heard this. I've never heard this. I'm just going to Google it just because I need to make sure that I'm not... Uh... I mean, I, they very well could be. Yep, poop it. Yeah, P U P I T R E. Yep. Okay, great. Thank God. Right. Thanks, thanks, middle school Spanish teacher, uh, Mrs. Schaefer. Um, anyway, uh, funny fun fact. Schaefer. Schaefer. Yeah, I know. She, my middle school Spanish teacher was a British woman, and my high school Spanish teacher was a Jamaican woman, which is just great. I love. Shout to Miss Mason, my high school Spanish teacher, who was an Olympic, who was an Olympic level high jumper in the seventies for Jamaica. Um, wow! Great stuff. Oh yeah! Shouts anyway, to she's a great woman. Not a good teacher, but a great woman. Um, so uh, he has says he never met or saw Clea at all, um, but his DNA was all over the victim. And he says this is where he really leans into that speaking speaking English. Like it was a mistake. Uh, how you say misunderstanding? <laughs> right, right, yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 troublesome. Um, anyway, sorry about that. I I saw him harping on it. It just I just like come on, man. Um, no, for sure. Yeah. But but so like at first, like Monk, you know, he very much thinks that it's like yeah, like you said, an open and shut case. But like the more that you talk to this kid, you realize that there's like more behind the eye. He's not. Yes, he doesn't. But what's not be behind the eyes is English is comp- reading comprehension of English, because Monk points to something in an affidavit nice. and says. Uh, see, she testified right here, you're a stalker. You see that? And he says yes. And it's, of course, not that way. After a long pause. Yes. Um, now, I, it's funny because we're going to bring it up later because of who's one of the guest stars in this episode. But whenever someone, there's a plot in a TV show about someone not being able to read, I think about the 30 Rock episode where Liz <laughs> assumes that Trace, Tracy's like kind of doesn't want to rehearse and she gets in her head it's because he can't read and doesn't want people to know and so basically she's like and she's like I Tracy do you know how to read and he's like yes I I, I need to have tutoring I can't be here anymore I can't work um which is a great episode because obviously Wait, can you read or not yeah he can yeah she's just being like oh, okay. racist and assuming <laughs> that he can't okay. read 
Um, no, but there's a great bit right after she like says that he can't read and like he's really proud. She then sees him get on the elevator and it closes and then the doors open back up and she he doesn't realize she's there and he's reading the New York Times and he has, his glasses and goes oh, feels like George Will is just getting more and more conservative. <laughs> anyway. I wish I could get past the theme song. Anyway, I just probably you could probably skip it on Peacock. Anyway, um, so Monk then realizes as they're walking in the hall. Monk realizes because he can't read, he couldn't have done it. Um, not not because you need to read and know how to murder, but because. Yeah, he's looking at like a picture of the yes. crime scene, mm-hmm. and on the right next to where her body was was the emergency exit. Mm-hmm. But the killer didn't go through that. The killer did go through that door or didn't? Yeah. So he didn't. He he. There was an emergency exit right next to the body, and. He normally, if he couldn't read the sign, he would have just walked out of the emergency exit, right? But it's clearly, so clearly whoever killed her knew that the sign said emergency exit. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway, so they go to the science lab and we mate back up with Gordo, who we had met before. Do you remember Gordo from the previous episode? Yeah, okay, I did. He seemed familiar. I just don't remember which episode it was. It was Mr. Monk um, gets fired. Because, remember, he's in the lab when... Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. is that the one where he works at the, at the like, place? He works for somebody? No, no, no. It's the one, that? remember, where it's the Mad Hatter where the guy's stealing the commissioner's hat and Monk is trying to clean the keyboard and he deletes all the files. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was a good one. Yeah. So, anyway, we're in the science lab going over stuff. Gordo, played by Scott Adsit of 30 Rock, which is why I brought up 30 Rock either, and Andre just liked the theme song. It's why he doesn't watch the show. Anyway... Um, we learn, among other things, that Gordo is retiring. Apparently, he put his money in real estate, and now he can retire at, like, 41, which, uh, good for him. I mean, if that were true, but, you know, yeah, play the real estate market, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, especially in San Francisco, we know it's a bountiful feast you will have every night. Yes, I actually I don't remember. I obviously no way of knowing which episode it was, but I definitely do remember. I offhandedly just said on this podcast, "Hey man, you gotta put your money in real estate," <laughs> which is no <laughs> duh. That's an obvious thing. Like I'm not telling anyone to know. But uh, um, Monk then is looking at the photo of the crime scene. He's like, "There's something wrong with this picture," and um, unlike those like mid-game ads you get where it's like, "What's wrong with this picture?" and it's like a guy's pants are on backwards. Um, he can't tell what it is, but. <clears throat> Gordo insists that this case was a slam dunk. There's DNA all over him. And once again, is it was just his hair and his blood, nothing else. But there's DNA all over him. All over right. him, excuse me. Yeah, okay. Maybe it's because I watched too much Law & Order, but the way that he seems so convinced by it immediately made me suspicious. I'm like, nah. Most pe- like DNA people always talk with like a little bit of like leeway just in I case mean, I think that I think that that's not by accident. Because if you had right. committed accessory to murder... Like that, you know, and you had jeopardized your entire job. I would be, I would be doing as much as I possibly can to get people off the scent. Um, but they're gonna, they decide that they're gonna go talk to Natasia Zorel, who is her roommate, another model, who was the one who testified about uh, Pablo being a stalker, and of course, Brandy and Stalmeyer. They were busy, but now they're gonna tag along because, of course, I mean she's a supermodel. Um, Right. Randy is not. I mean, he doesn't know anything cancelable here, but it is kind of like it's it's on the list. 
I thought for a second he was. For, I forgot. There's like a scene where he's reading a magazine, and I thought it was a porn magazine. Oh, it was in that office with uh, Gordo, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought he was reading, reading like a porn a sw- magazine in plain sight, but it was just like a swimsuit. Like type a thing. G- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a f- it, they go to a f- they go to like the big fashion warehouse, and they meet. I think the best part of this episode, in my opinion, is the actual murderer. Spoiler alert: Julian Hodge. Who is a fashion mogul played by Malcolm McDowell, giving one of the better villain murderer performances in Monk, because he's really just going for it, and I really appreciate it a lot. You know, I appreciate it too, but at the same time, like, let's not get it twisted. Like, Malcolm McDowell is just basically Malcolm McDowell in fucking everything, like even in Halloween yeah. and shit. Yes, I agree, but I think. And also, that sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead. Is, what? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think that he is perfectly cast. For this and he like i don't know i i just love i, I think i guess the thing i like a lot is not just this his acting but the mannerism stuff the fact that he's using the long cigarette holder like it's so on the nose it becomes like real fun like it's they're not they're not trying to be subtle about this guy being like a cartoon but uh he right. also does yeah wipes, no. which is great so he's definitely the star of this episode but you know it's not the star of this episode like the production locations like God, this is, like, the most depressing-looking, like, uh, fashion uh, warehouse kind of place. And, like, the way people are dressed, it's, like, it seriously feels like I was watching something from, like, 1997, like Zoolander or something. Yeah, I have no, uh, as my attire I'm wearing right now, which is, of course, a Dr. faded Dr. Pepper t-shirt, and, um, you know, uh, you can only see me from the waist up, so I'm just going to be frank. I'm not wearing pants. So I'm just wearing the t-shirt. Oh, good lord. I, I'm sorry, you know, you, podcasters have to be honest with each other. Um, Fine. But uh, I know nothing about fashion, but yes, it did even seem like this felt completely out of touch with anything with fashion. I mean, the, the blank warehouse that's all white doesn't seem weird just because it's like whatever, like fine. I'm willing to believe that, uh, yeah. that where fashion shoots take place, but um, everything else is kind of... Um, what do you think the budget of each episode is? What's up? What would you guess? What would you guess the budget of each episode is? I would say probably... Honestly, I have no idea. What would you say? Like 150K? No, I'd say more than that. Probably like 500K. Damn. And for like 16 episodes? Oof, yeah, no, you're right. I, I, let me see if this is even on the internet. Let me, uh, Monk episode budget. Let's see if this is on... Man, this is great podcasting. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> as this is going on, uh, Julian Hodge, uh, well, first he tells Randy he might want to audition, you know, and that really makes Randy feel good about himself. But then, yeah, G, do you think that was, did, did you immediately know that shit was going to go right to like it going to his head? Oh, it's great. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of anything where Randy gets full of himself is a great plot line, in my opinion. But uh, yeah. he then dresses down Natalie by saying, what is it? That, like, um, if you're going to steal from me, at least, like, bring a gun or something. Because apparently she's wearing a knockoff of his outfit. And then he adds, no, don't worry. She's like, I didn't know. I was like, no, the actual crime is the way – is what you how you look in it. Which is, like, if I said that, that would be the meanest thing I've ever said to anyone. And he just said that on a Tuesday, you know? You know what's weird is I saw it, like, I don't know why, but I took it, like, as a compliment. <laughs> that is, um, 
I can tell you, oh, I'm 100% sure that that's not the way it was meant. No, for sure. No, judging by the rest of the episode, definitely. But at the time, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and then Natalie's like, he did it, which is great, because he did. Um, and then Monk, of course, gets a model fired because he notices that her eyebrows aren't even. Um, and, Piece of uh, shit. They're apparently, so they tell that they're looking for Natasia, and he's like, isn't that old news? Um, which is, of course, the thing you say uh, about the investigation of the murder of one of your models. Um, How long ago did it happen? Like, I knew every model in California. Um, you know. And then we also learn, finally, this is the last bit of notes I have for the scene, uh, that Clea showed up wasted to the last show, which is bad, apparently. Yeah, she almost uh, ruined his show, of course, and, like, the egomaniac that he is, uh, you know, typical. I mean, you just, yes. like, you have to know at this point where this is headed. Yes, and I, the thing I like about Monk is that it doesn't, where a lot of shows would pretend, would like, go through the motions of pretending like you didn't know that's where we're going. Monk, I think, and Andy talked about this when he was on, that, like, they have no problem that you know who did it the whole time, you know, like... Of course, yeah. The moment you meet him, it's like, yeah, of course he did it. But that's not why you watch Monk. You don't watch Monk really to be surprised by who did it. You watch Monk to, you know, to how he did it. Um, but uh, right. Natalie has to run to pick up Julia and change. Um, and they go to the photo shoot. Natalie tells Julie to stay in the car. Um, so you know she's going to leave the car, obviously. And then we yeah, get a great photo scene. shoot on the beach. Yeah. We uh, get Randy, like, standing with one foot on a rock. And Natalie wearing the black dress and go, go, go through a – I just break down break this down for me because I really like this exchange a lot. Yeah, no, she like uh, – you know, she comes down and basically calls out Disher as she usually does um, for like he, – he has like one leg like straight and the other one like perched like on a rock like on the beach. And he's just clearly vamping. And she shows up in, like, a tighter, like, black dress with, like, mm -hmm. black sunglasses, like, on the most overcast day you could possibly have filmed this episode. Um, and, yeah, they're just, like, kind of just, like, roasting on each other. Like, Well, the, the whole thing is, like, what are you, what are you, uh, why are you staying like that? And he says, this, this is how I'm standing. Stand. Why do you dress like that? Uh, this, this is, is how, how I dress. dress? Why, I, this is how I stand. This is how I dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Um, I like them two yeah. together. I wish they had ended up together. Uh, you know, it's... Um, I know they don't, I, Things but... don't always work out. But they didn't get up to... They talked to Natasia, and, um, you know, she's like, why... This is old. Why, I was at the trial. Why did... Why are you talking to me at this again? And Monk says that they're tilting at windmills. Um, and she, of course, doesn't get that. Um, I mean, I haven't read Don Quixote, <laughs> but, you know. I, I, I feel like either. you just kind of... At some point, it, you gotta just know, like, if someone references a windmill in any way, it's something with Don Quixote and just nod, you know? I didn't even think that's what it was. I thought it was just like some Dutch joke or something. Well, then the more you know, because I believe I don't know exactly what tilting refers to in this case, but I know that he was again on a crusade against windmills. Honestly, I don't know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so they she, they say like, okay, well you can talk to me. Well, she says you can talk to me while I change, and of course that means that monk has to talk to someone when they're naked, which is always fun. I'm a big fan. Right, but right before that, they, like, try to, like, battle it out, like, to see who gets to do oh, it. Oh, right, Disher, because, yeah, yeah. Because Stott, Disher, and, or, Scott Disher, Stott and Disher want to go to do that, but Monk doesn't, obviously, but, and so, like, Randy starts doing a thing, but they want to do it, like, alphabetically, and mm. Monk's like, Adrian's my first name, he's like, no, 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 last name, so Disher obviously would come first and all that. 
Um, but it ends up being Monk because it's clearly Monk's case. Yes. And then uh, Natalie gets roasted again when uh, Julian says, What are you, in mourning for your life? Great. <laughs> um, I like the impression. Thank you. I like how you'll do English accents, but you won't do any fucking Spanish ones. Yeah, but honestly, because no, I know, I know, I know, I know. he's not. Like, it's pretty easy. Like, oh, what accents will I do? <laughs> I mean, anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they, he's talking to her. Um, he sees that she has a trademark mole on her back, and he doesn't, he doesn't like that. Um, but and he's kind <laughs> he of doesn't strange. like one. He doesn't like one of them. Yeah. He doesn't like that there's not – he either wanted her to have no moles or two symmetrical moles. Um, and she, he's like, did you know Pablo? And he basically accuses her of lying and she gets defensive uh, very quickly. Um, and then Monk tries to use the mascara thing to paint another uh, – <laughs> Another mole, mole on the opposite which side. Which is rude. <laughs> yeah. Strike two for today. He's about to strike out. He might golden yeah. sombrero it. Yeah. I do also love the when uh, Dish was like, when she walks away, she's hot. And Monk says, no, oh, she's mildly irritated, which is fun. Um, yeah. He gave her some time to cool And then cool Julie. Off. Julie, of course, she wanders off. Um, it's like, you know, the, the, the there's a refrain in Doctor Who, the number one rule is don't wander off. And she does what the Doctor's companions do when she wanders off. Well, not wanders off. She wanders to her, but still, it's still. If you told to stay in the car, stay in the car. I can count on zero hands the amount of times my mom told me to stay in the car. They didn't stay in the car because I was boring and obedient. Um, but and still, she then has her life changed immediately because Julian takes an interest in her and starts taking photos, which is not creepy at all. Okay, yeah, man. I seriously was like getting uh, like real crazy chills watching this shit. Um, yeah. Also. On a I side mean, note, I, I'm just I'm just saying, if you guys, I, I'm not going to dig into it. I, that's I don't want that on my computer. But if anyone does have access, check the Epstein flight logs for Julian Hodge. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, continue. <laughs> oh my god, no. Okay, so I've never, I hadn't ever seen the movie Leon, the professional. I have not uh, uh, seen it. I probably should have, but, but I haven't. I haven't seen it until like maybe like three months ago or two months ago during the pandemic, and that movie gave me the fucking creeps. Yeah, anything where like a yeah, just it's just yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. T- I have some it. thoughts about this in, um, coming up later. Um, okay. And basically, Julian's like, "Would you like to model for me?" And Natalie's like, "She's 13." And then he says, "This is between uh, you, um, me and her biological mother." And um, no, he also mentions that it's not the mother. youngest. What? He also mentions not the. It's, oh, he also right. mentions not the youngest. Once again, I. The flight logs. Anyway, but um, <laughs> I was watching this episode with my mother, as I do when I am in Florida, and I was writing down that line as a note, and she laughed, and then she got mad and she's like, Jake, that was funny. Why didn't you laugh? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it is funny. It's a funny a different... line. Yeah, no, it is. It's a funny line, but we live in a weird freaking time, man. Why? What? What? Oh, yeah. But I'm I'm confused. What did you mean by that? Because I've I've thrown out a million different things in the last five minutes. So what is this, weird time? I just I don't know. Like pedophiles being busted left and right. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, then Julie they're at dinner and Julie comes down wearing makeup, and Natalie says not until you're eighteen, which I've never raised a daughter, but that feels um 
probably unrealistic and <laughs> not a thing that's feasible. Um, yeah, it seemed a little. But what do I know? Uh, and she's like, "Come on, mom! It's just one show." And she appeals to the whole like, "You told me always try new things," um, which. You know, honestly, I don't know if that was advice my parents ever gave me, and I—it's I, obvious you can tell. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I never, I never got that relents. advice either. Yeah, uh, Natalie relents, and uh, you know, agrees that she can go as long as she's there with her the whole time. So that's nice. Um, you know, she's going to be work, right. being a child laborer, um, and then we get Julian showing up at Natasha's gorgeous apartment. I mean, this is just, I mean. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, definitely a great place to murder somebody. But we notice a weird thing. Uh, or Natasha notices a weird thing. Uh, he's not smoking. No. But, and this guy's always smoking. Mm-hmm. And it's because he says, because, you know, uh, you could, like, you could smell it and people know I'm he- I was here. And he comes in just like, I mean, Malcolm McDowell's always got murdery vibes. Um, yeah. Also, craziest thing in the world is that before she was married to Ted Danson, Mary Steenburgen was married to Malcolm McDowell. I have no earthly idea how Mary Steenburgen, the warmest person, the warmest actress on planet Earth, and Malcolm McDowell, the coldest actor on planet Earth, are married, but whatever. Um, uh, do you think she ever cucked him? <laughs> what? Do you think she ever cucked him? <laughs> we have a problem. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is just the worst pod. Like, you know, I appreciate everyone who listens, and I know that I just you waited. Fact. You waited that long to me for me to connect the audio to hear that. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it out, but we were we had audio issues right there for like a minute and a half, and I was sorting out Andre fixing how to get like as much so I could hear him again. <laughs> it was just for that. It was wonderful. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. Um. He's clearly he's got a murdery vibe. He's gonna kill her. Um, and then, uh, we get a, the most unnecessary scene in the world where we cut to right before commercial break, number eight playing with rosary beads. Um, yeah, it was very similar to the first scene we saw. Yeah, how was that in terms of like, how was, cause these the characters are both of Mexican descent. How was it in terms of your experience with, uh, people, you know, how was it offensive? Was it, uh, accurate? Um, um, yeah, you know, it was, like, pretty good. Uh, he, you know, they both speak pretty well, uh, Spanish and English. Um, and they speak, it's not but, with it. I know, I just was wondering if it was a little over the top, the whole, you know, but I'm glad to hear it wasn't. Um, oh, I mean, like, I, th- I think it's always a little over the top whenever they show, yeah. like, a Hispanic woman praying with rosary beads. That's like, what, uh, that's specifically what I was thinking. It's like, come on. Okay, you thank those you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, because usually, like, the rosary beads are reserved for doing, like, an actual rosary, and you certainly yeah. don't do that at your desk at work. So. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously I think that it's people in Latin America are much more serious about Catholicism than my, you know, casual Catholic upbringing was. But, like, as far as I remember, rosary beads came out only for, you know, heavy-duty situations. Special. Yeah, anyway. Correct. So they go into the apartment now, uh, Natasha's dead, and everyone's like, and Gordo is sure it's a suicide. Um and we're complete. Who cares about the murder at this point? Because who a drip king just walked into the building, and his name is Randall Bisher. <laughs> right. Yeah. This time he's got like the what the unbuttoned shirt and uh-huh. the in Italian suit. He's got the yeah Italian suit. He's got like the sunglasses on, mm-hmm. and uh, he starts to starts to spark one up. Mm-hmm. 
Well, no, that's later. He tries to light up a cigarette. Oh, but, shit. Okay. But in this scene, this is where Stoudemire gets, tries to make him uh, take um, some notes. And he can't because he didn't bring his notebook because he was ruining the lining in the suit. Which, right. you, know, you got to go off. Um, but this is another case that Monk solves. Not solves, but like has, finds one clue um, that... Uh, that breaks it every it breaks everything open, which is that she's a wearing pretty lipstick. obvious one. Yes, she's wearing lipstick. One problem. Um, she no, she's wearing there's lipstick. No, oh, there's the yeah, there's no lipstick marks on the glass. So yeah. what the fuck? Like she couldn't have done that. I'm trying to figure out how he fucking did it. Like, well, no, just, like, well, shoved I mean, them in her mouth. I think that my mom and I talked about this. He probably held her at gunpoint or something like that. Um, you know, uh, unclear. But, he, but what did she die of? Poisoning, because she, you know, ate 30 sleeping pills. But no alcohol. It was just the sleeping pills? No, it was just sleeping pills. It wasn't alcohol. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought there was alcohol involved. No. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they, they declare it was homicide, and Stalmeyer concludes that this means that your boss scared somebody. And then Monk draws a mole on a dead woman's back, which is absolutely tampering with a crime scene and really bad. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yep. That's not quite strike three, but it's close. Yeah, it, it, it was, you know what it was? It was a check swing. Um, yes. So then we go to, like, a practice for the fashion show, um, and Julian gives a speech about how this show, this is now for Natasia, um, and he's full of it. Because he, you know, he murdered her, but, um, right. yeah. And, yeah. So there's, you know, you and, see some shot go. No, yeah, and so then we, you know, get some shots of this, uh, rehearsal, and it's very blah looking, but okay. And eventually we get to the point where Julie, uh, you know, comes out for her debut, mm-hmm. uh, on the catwalk, and she doesn't get very far before your boy... Uh, Julian Hodge. just starts roasting her for like her outfit, which like wouldn't she have gotten it there? Did she bring it with her? Well, like, no, it's not. It, it's because the outfit's like not straight, and it's like not like it's not like it, she like fussed it up a little bit, I guess, because the buttons aren't straight and like the collar's not straight. Uh, I think it's because like when she put it on, she didn't put it on correctly. Who knows? But I guess I'm unclear yeah. on how shows work. I think that yeah, I don't think that she would have put the clothes on herself. But the scene is meant to demonstrate the fact that what that monk when he started about there was something wrong with the photo, it was that even though the body's all askew, the clothes are perfectly neat. That the collar is flat and the buttons are straight. Which I think personally, I think in terms of clues, I think that's really cool. That's a good clue. I like that as like a cinematic thing. Yeah, it's a good clue, but it's just like, all right, man. Like it was so like crazy that we happened to see that right then and there. That is true. Um, but also, he's so particular. You see him be particular a lot. I don't think it's crazy that Monk would eventually realize, like, oh, wait, this guy, he's, he's, he's unable. He wouldn't be able to kill someone and then but let his clothes be disheveled because um, he's a crazy person. Um, yeah, no, I just mean, like, in the sense that, like, I feel like that shit would have happened, like, on the beach scene or something. You know yeah, what that's I mean? fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Natalie's like, Julie, I'm taking you home now. I'm taking you home now. Um and uh, Julian's like, why on earth is she taking her home? And uh, then Monk is sitting. I feel like I'm not, no, I'm not, it's not bad. 
Um, no, it's really good, actually. Uh, and because monks in monks, obviously, like because I told you, you killed Clea Vance, and his evidence is uh, that he straightened the clothes. And a classic monk, you know, being confident line where he's like, "Why? Why does that tell me that I, you know, did it?" And monks like, "Because I would have." Um, you know, right? And then he roasts monks clothes, which is completely inappropriate. Yeah, he roasts his, he roasts his clothes, but then he also mentions that like he clearly is pushing the agenda that all the evidence points to Pablo Ortiz's DNA and all it being all over it. So like yeah. he's got nothing to worry about. Exactly, and in fairness, he has a point because monks like yes, you're right. It's not possible, but you did it. Um, mm-hmm. But we come back from commercial break, and there's new evidence. That they right. probably found some extra hairs in the room. There's they come up with an explanation, but since this is all bullshit, I'm not even gonna go through it. There's three new hairs. Okay, good because like when I was watching, I was just like, wait, what? What the fuck? How? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so they get Gordo. Gordo is he's gonna find the real killer, much like O.J. Simpson, real quick. Um, Gordo's mm-hmm. gonna get to it ASAP. And uh, yeah, and that's pretty. Oh right, yeah, and then. We cut to like a. Weird Honestly, I was scene. really just waiting for you to make a to make a comment on my OG Simpson joke, but you know, I'm glad you just let that go by. He's trying to find <laughs> the real killer. He's trying to find the real killer. <laughs> Wait, but like, was the DNA guy like in on it in the OJ case? No, no, but you never heard about well OJ said when he got exonerated, he made the statement that he was going to spend the rest of his life trying to find the real killer. <laughs> oh, I didn't. After that, I didn't even pay attention to that. I mean, I wasn't even alive for it, but I, you know. uh... I just know that he said that because it's a funny thing to imagine that OJ's going to spend the rest of his life finding the real killer. Um, <laughs> He's finding himself. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he doesn't really know himself. So anyway, um, we then cut to Natalie's house and Natalie is making dinner. And I noticed that Natalie, her oven looks like it's from 1937. Um, it's really old. Very possible. A lot of old houses in San Francisco, my friend. That's true. But Julie's not there. She's catching the trolley. Yeah, she's uh, she left her heart in San Francisco, and she's taken off. I was like, wait, what the hell is going on? And then I realized, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize it was like the fashion show was that same night. Yes. Now, the problem I have here is, why on earth didn't Natalie tell Julie why she can't be the fashion show? Because I feel like Julie obviously wants to be in the fashion show, but she's not a big enough brat where if you told her you can't be in the fashion show Mr. Monk thinks that Julian murdered somebody well two somebodies that I think Julie would be like oh okay I'm not gonna be in it but for some reason she didn't tell that's a great point but also like the last time we saw like he was being a dictator so I thought like you know she would like would have had her feelings yes but also I feel like I don't know young people when you're trying to make it in a world like that like you you think that that's part of the thing? I, I mean, I'm not gonna psychologize. Just of course I'm going to, but um, yeah. Anyway, they try to get into the fashion show and a class. This this scene was on every commercial for Monk Marathons ever, so I remember it so vividly. Monk looks at the guest list to see who's gonna say he is, and is Monk is Monk's name on the list? Uh, yeah, his name is on the list. His name is Puff Daddy, the first, the original, the original Puff Daddy. Um. <laughs> And it's like, why don't you change your name? Why doesn't he change his name? I love when Monk commits <laughs> to a bit. Um, uh, yeah. I honestly, also, if I remember correctly, I this episode definitely came out when he was P. Diddy. Because 
I really, yeah, 100%, 100%. I, I don't have almost I don't know when he changed it but I really have no uh, not much of a recollection of him really being Puff Daddy as like when I was like aware of his music and stuff I, he was always P. Diddy Diddy so, so and well now of course he's Sean Combs um, uh, I remember for a while he was Diddy Dirty Money well no Diddy Dirty Money was his group he was just Diddy and his group was Diddy Dirty Money I I only remember their existence because one of my favorite clips in SNL when I for a while I was trying to watch all the SNLs of the 2010s and in the early 2010s Robert De Niro hosted and Robert De Niro two time Oscar winner said once again Diddy dirty money which is just funny um, but anyway so Natalie's just like my daughter's in there and they run in great security um, and then we get a fashion show montage. And this is why I think the episode has a $500,000 budget, because they splurged for Weezer. Yeah, they splurged for a dope nose. Like, random song. I immediately put it on my Spotify playlist. So you're, you're a Weezer guy? Oh, yeah. No, I'm a huge Weezer guy. But, you know, I, I'm like a huge Weezer guy who's never seen them live. Ever. I've never... I, I'm not... A, I like a lot of Weezer songs. I can't believe we're going back to this topic again. Really, I can't get past Rivers Cuomo making a whole album where he's lusting for a teenager in Japan. I just can't do it. It's really oh, hard. Man. It's hard. It's hard. What, the second album? Yeah, Pinkerton. I mean, come on. That's it's, my favorite album. I, it's, yeah, I know. I know. It's a lot of people I know his favorite album. But it is kind of like, oh, jeez. Anyway. Um, so, there's a little fashion. And this, okay. So, when I first saw this episode, I was very young. I, and I, it didn't occur to me until I watched it today. That at the time, I'm like, okay, yeah, Julie's younger than all these people, but like she was like, I think a year or two older than me at the time. And so it's like, oh, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. Watching oh, now, she is a child and she looks like a child. She doesn't like, it just, yeah. it looks so weird. No, I know. I mean, I think this is like an actual thing though, where like teenagers do model like that. They do. I, I, and, I mean, yes. I think, I think it's just very stark. Because also because it looks like all the other models, none of them are also teenagers. Like, uh, yeah, I know that like people model, models probably start when like the 16, 17, 15 probably. But still, it's just like, oh, these are just a grown adult woman and, and this is a child who's just trying to look like an adult. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's very, it's very jarring. 100%. I'm with you. Yes. Um, but Natalie's looking for Julie. And then there's a great line, which my mother also laughed at, which was what Ooh, mom says. I know it's one. Yeah, go. Say it. Uh, no, it's just like, wait, yeah, make sure she didn't eat something? Well, no, don't saw, eat any of the food. I saw I saw four models throwing up. Yeah, that shit cracked me up, like, legit. Yeah, that's I, good It had job. been a long time. It had been a long time. Um, and Natalie goes out on stage and grabs Julie, which is, come on, like, have some tact. They're trying to do a fashion show. I know he's a murderer, but... Just wait till he comes, she comes back. Yeah. Well, she's not coming back because she sees her. Um... And, uh, yeah, then Julie apologizes, and Natalie tells her the truth, which you should have done a while ago. And then we cut to the after party. Um, and after the party is nothing, because we is don't the... reference that song anymore. Um, Wait, why? You know, after the show is the after party, after the party is the hotel lobby, a remix or right. by R. Kelly. We don't reference that song anymore. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I only, I only said the guy, you know, I always give a running commentary of what's going in my head. Because for so many years, whenever I talked about an after party, I'd always make that reference. But it's like, no, we don't do that anymore. Um, after the party is the, yeah, okay. Okay, so now this is the bit where Randy at the cigarette talk about it. 
Yes. Yeah, so Randy shows up with a you know with a smoke, and he's about to like light it up. Once again, Stoudemire. drip king. He's a drip king. Yeah, he is. He's he's always doing pretty well, man. I guess. Yeah. Um, but he's like smoking the cigarette, and right when he's like taking a couple of puffs, Stoud- sorry, Stoudemire flicks the shit out of it, mm-hmm. and then calls him Fabio. I think. Well, he calls him Fabio earlier, but yeah. Ah shit! But yeah, Sotomayor is just clowning on him this whole episode. I mean, he does. Like, although he does stuff. have the drip, he is a police officer who's on duty, so he, he kind of deserves to be clowned on at the moment. Um, but he yeah, he should transfer. Like he should transfer like Miami. Oh my God, Randy Disher in Miami. Oh, he th- could. He couldn't be Randy. There's no Randys in Miami. I mean, the thing is, there are Randys in Miami. Like there definitely are Randys in Miami. But like, but, like, Palm Beach and shit, no? No, yes, but also I think that there are definitely a lot of, like, 58-year-old, like, hedge fund rich guys who pay young, hot people to hang Ooh. out with them named Randy, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so they uh, they go talk to uh, Julian, and then Gordo shows up with the evidence. And, um, yep, hot off the press. Yes, and Stottmeyer is very clear, like, for the record, you just tested this. Yes. This is what we found here. Yes. And who did it match? And who did the Harris match, according to Gordo? They matched Pablo Ortiz. And why is that a problem? Because it was never Pablo Ortiz's hair to begin with. It was your boy, Adrian Monks. Yes. So give me a little bit of uh, what happened. Yeah, so basically they uh, suspected, uh, or Monk suspected that, like, there's, like, no way that this could have happened. Like, he was already suspect. He already had it in for the other guy, uh, for Julian. He knew that the only way to prove it was if the DNA evidence was what Mm -hmm. was fucked up about this whole case. Mm -hmm. So I don't know exactly the reason why they decided to do it, but they basically, yeah, set him up to do, like, a fake... Uh, te- or like to do a test on this thing knowing that he would never check it anyways yeah. because he would automatically declare that it was Pablo Ortiz because he was yeah. in on it. Yes. Is this where you want me to talk about like the body? Well yeah and, and but specifically the fact All that right. you know Gordo tested the DNA realized it was Julian Hodge and was like oh I'm gonna cash out uh, so he right. he contacted Julian and was like hey if you pay me a lot of money I will make this go away and uh they just switched. He, he switched the labels and stuff, and he put a poor innocent man in jail for a year, and he was okay. And with that's that. the reason why. And that's the reason why he was able to retire because he didn't. He didn't put his money in real estate. No, um, he might have bought himself a house, but he didn't put his money in real estate. Yep. Yes. Um, and of course, Monk is mad because Natalie pulled his hair out with tweezers when they didn't actually need the follicles. Um, and he's either Peter pissed, but uh, and then the I mean, ends. what else? What was the alternative? Well, no, he said he should cut it because they're not going to test it. Well, he's not going to test oh, it. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right. And then Julian gets a great. I really enjoy this where Natalie gets her revenge, where she's like, you know, you're going to be wearing a nice orange jumpsuit. I mean, it's really multi-purpose. You can wear it in the yard, in the cell block. You know, great stuff from uh, Natalie. But you can't wear it in the showers. No, you can't. Um, no, it'd also be weird if you did. If you walked away from the shower. <laughs> I've never never been in a shower with clothes on. So, um, have you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, you don't have to, but what is the context? <laughs> I was drunk as fuck. That's what like I thought. Growing up all over myself. Okay. And like, Whenever I think yeah. of that, do you remember the vine 
where it's the woman in the bathtub with in her clothes, and she's like, "Bitch, I'm washing me and my clothes." <laughs> no, I've never seen. Oh that. my god, it's a classic. And because the best thing is, her friends are just like, "She dr- on the background, she drunk as fuck." <laughs> um, she's washing her and her clothes, and then it ends with Pablo getting released, um, and uh, you know, number eight's like, "Thank you, Mister Monk." And this is where Monk strikes out, and you've been using this metaphor, so please, ump, call it. Yeah, you know, it was uh, through a perfect game of bullshit. Uh, and then, well, then what yeah. did you do? What did you do to strike out? Yeah, you know, he's he's very because they, I guess, they're leaving the place at like two fifteen, and so Monk can think of no better way to repay Mister Monk uh, to to pay to repay him in some way than to go back to work and hammer out a couple of shirts for him. Uh, before the weekend and you know Natalie rightfully mentions that you know that he's just getting out of jail like right now let them have some time and he, he starts asking like if she can work on Saturday or or like instead of like hang out on Saturday and he asks her in Spanish too and it's just like alright man yeah. come on yeah it's it's messed up um, yeah uh, Monk doesn't support labor, labor laws um, but we support Monk because he's a good detective and a good guy generally um but yeah, and what, you got a guy out of jail. Yes. What would you give this upside out of 10? I gave it a 7.5. So did I. I think the big thing, I don't like... The thing I was explaining to my mom about why I didn't like this episode was that I love the episodes where the conceit is you know that you know this guy, a guy did it, but there's a key piece of evidence that makes it that they couldn't have done it. Like, for example, you know, uh, Mr. Monk and the Marathon Man... It's that his time shows that he's in the mayor, you know, like things like that, where it's like that there's a thing that he couldn't have done. Sleeping suspect. Sleeping suspect. He was in a coma. Uh, Goes back to school. He was doing the SATs. The thing I don't like about this one is that rather than explaining how the killer got around that, it kind of just was like, no, that piece of evidence was actually a lie. That just the piece of evidence wasn't true. You know what I mean? It it would be like if in Mr. Monk and the Sleeping Suspect, if it turned out he was never in a coma to begin with, you know? Like that, you would, would just be, like pass out. Well, or not even that. Like that, that doesn't. Pretending? Even, no, that like he. I guess that doesn't. You can't even really make a comparison because it's like the it's the entire premise is a lie that there never actually there never actually was a sophisticated murder plot to solve. It was just actually a pretty yeah. simple fake, you know. Um, but yeah. You know, it's a little bit of revisionist history. I think Mr. Monk and the Sleeping Suspect might be one of my favorites. I mean, it's a good... I like it a lot. I think I gave it really high marks. Yeah. I, I mean, I that... Should revisit that. The scene with the ketchup from the ceiling is great. That's... I mean, that yeah. shot is awesome. Shit. Um, right. uh, howdy doody. Um, so, <laughs> you can follow the show at Strictly Monk and Andre Winfield follow you. You could follow me at Andre Barrera. You can follow me at the J Christie. Please uh, stay tuned for you know new episodes. We're gonna be marching through. Uh, hopefully, having some more guests on soon. Um, you know uh, to talk about this show we love so much. And um, I apologize for every dumb joke we make. Um, okay, <laughs> only apologize for a couple of them. And just pick if you want me to apologize for a joke. Assume that this is a, I'm apologizing for it in this case. Um, but. Uh, yeah, just keep listening and share it with people who would not be offended by <laughs> uh, anyway. like poopy hiney jokes. I wish it was the poopy hiney jokes this podcast for. It's more just that I am thinking like, did I really say Epstein flight logs twice in this episode? And, and am I gonna keep in both of them? Uh, and the answer is yes. Um, Dude, you know what's funny is like I probably only heard like point five of those for all the times that our audio went out. Yeah, 
Uh, but yeah, I was saying that you gotta check the Epstein flight logs for Julian Hodge, which you do. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, yeah, just keep listening and uh, tune in next week as we talk Mr. Monk bumps his head. Uh, this is a really hard one. Let's just get monkey, baby. Monkey, baby.